You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans, and welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your headspace, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, AJ Andrews of JaysFromTheCouch.com. Back on a drizzly day here in Nova Scotia. Um, we're under weather advisory for rain, which I think you can just slap that default on this province. Like, shock, you're going to get rained on here a lot. It's basically Ireland, but less Guinnessy. So, um, yeah. Happy to be inside, happy to be under the roof with y'all. This is going to be the first of a double header that we have planned today. Um, These double headers will probably become more frequent as I actually get the interviews from interview week done. Um, Just, I, uh, it's been a big week. So, admittedly, I've been dragging my heels on that. So, hopefully we can fix that. Um, but this will be a double header of me. Um, we're going to spend the first uh, episode today mostly talking about pitching because we didn't really do that last night. And there are some things that we need to discuss. Um, one of them I probably will be writing about at some point next week, you know, now that the big project is done. Let's say that. But yeah, um, the second episode today is going to be the Fan Friday episode. Y'all have been chiming in uh, with your thoughts on today's topic and basically expose why I don't work in Vegas because I really suck at setting odds. But um, yeah, we will get into that later today and also tee up the uh the series against the Red Sox because there are things we can talk about there. Um so yeah let's just um let's just get into it because um I'm I'm not sure where I want to put what we're talking about today but I I guess we just have to start with the biggest news I guess. I, I'm not sure if you can call it news. It's just a a reckoning, so, so to speak, with Aaron Sanchez. And, I mean, I said before his start against the Angels that Aaron Sanchez has, has a chance to change the narrative. And he didn't really take advantage of it against the Angels. He let Mike Trout just bash him all over the park. And, you know, in a vacuum, that start would have been easy enough to write off. Like, oh, the best player in the world took him deep twice. What are you going to do? Well, what you can do is make it so that the best player in the world doesn't set a career high in RBIs against you. And that has been the crux of Aaron Sanchez's problems this season. He he does not have the ability to find the strike zone like he did. And he's been all over the place. His control has been terrible. Um, if you just compare 
Let's compare Aaron Sanchez to his rotation mate and not Marcus Stroman because that'll be laughable and we don't need to do that. But let's compare him to the guy who is one year younger than him and is a rookie this season. Let's compare him to Trent Thornton and see just, just what the differences are. So Aaron Sanchez has made 16 starts so far. Trent Thornton has made 15. Aaron Sanchez has only outlasted the rookie, who is presumably on an innings count, by two and a third innings so far. Um, he's given up 16 more hits. His ERA is over a full run higher than Trent Thornton. Sanchez is tied with Marcus Stroman in losses with nine. And I think the the most telling statistics are when you get into the K ratios. Like um, Trent Thornton is 80 strikeouts in 76 and a third innings so far this season. Um, Aaron Sanchez, despite all the all the stuff he had and and all the arsenal that he's had to work with, he's only struck out 65 batters in 78 and two thirds innings. And then you look at the walks as well. You would expect Trent Thornton to be wild in his rookie season, and Aaron Sanchez, the former American League ERA leader, to have a bit more control. Aaron Sanchez has walked 45 batters. Trent Thornton's only walked 37. And then, like like the other metrics for control, six wild pitches so far for Aaron Sanchez compared to three for Thornton. And then seven hit batters so far by Aaron Sanchez. One by Trent Thornton. Granted, Thornton's probably more famous for plunking people because he plunked Bryce Harper in spring training. But that's spring training, so we don't need to talk about that. But yeah, the Angels game was a perfect microcosm of of how Aaron Sanchez has been beating himself. He continues to lose batters even when he gets ahead of the in the count. Um, the Justin Upton at bat when he he had him on two strikes and just refused to put him away and eventually walked Upton and and allowed that run to come in and and just compound the damage that the home run ball does like Sanchez has only allowed one more home run than Thornton same amount of home runs as Edwin Jackson which that just speaks to how Edwin Jackson has been my oh my deity above Edwin Jackson just stay on the DL bud anyway um you just look at that and and you see like it's He's not able to locate anymore. And when I was listening to the broadcast this week, um, Buck Martinez had an interesting observation that you, in the old days, pitchers used to, you know, throw an easy, easy pitch down the middle to get that first strike and then start working the corners. Nowadays, pitchers just work the corners and and try to get the strikeouts that way as opposed to getting ahead of themselves. Aaron Sanchez hasn't been able to do that. He's been missing those corners consistently and ringing up counts early. And when he does that, it makes it that much more predictable when he has to come back over the plate with a fastball or, or a changeup. And hitters just sit back on it and then just knock it around. And when you become that predictable, it really limits your effectiveness, 
especially as a starter, because a starter, all you have really, unless you know, you're like, um, you have like an insane 99 mile an hour fastball or a wipeout slider, like the elite pitchers do, which Aaron Sanchez has not shown. He has that ability in the past couple years. When you don't have that, you have to rely on being able to confound hitters. Why was Sam Gavilio so successful as a reliever? Because he was able to fool hitters long enough as a reliever, and he didn't have to face them again like he did as a starter. Obviously, that was old Sam Gavilio, but these same metrics apply to Aaron Sanchez. When he gets in those positions like that, when he's behind in the count, he does not fool anyone. So when he does that and and then when he gets ahead, he he can't finish them because he wants to stay on those corners. He wants to stay away from the batter and he can't find them and then he just ends up walking them anyway. And you you have to wonder at this point if Aaron Sanchez was on any other team, if he wasn't on the Blue Jays, let's say he was on the, um, I don't want to say the Astros because nuts to the Astros. If Aaron Sanchez was on the Phillies and had this exact record, and Philadelphia has starters, they sent Nick Pivetta down earlier this season. They weren't even using Jared Eikhoff. Philadelphia has starting options. If Aaron Sanchez was in the Philadelphia rotation, would he have been removed by now and put in the bullpen, much like Jared Eikhoff was? And I have to think, yes, because what was Aaron Sanchez's main contribution to those playoff teams? The first run was as a reliever, and he was good. He was very effective when he concentrated his stuff, but he just hasn't shown the ability or the durability to maintain that now over a full season and if it was it was a team other than the Blue Jays like the Blue Jays have no starters it's why Edwin Jackson has made five starts for this team it's why it's a bullpen day on Saturday against Boston which is asking for trouble but trouble is going to come anyway um yeah, Toronto does not have the option for Aaron Sanchez to not be a starter. So they're going to continue throwing him out there. And he's going to continue to depress his value. And Scott Boris is going to be very unhappy trying to find a client that, or a spot for his client. Because Aaron Sanchez is not pitching like a starter. He's pitching like a reliever. Or a guy who should be a reliever. And you you wonder... If the Blue Jays aren't thinking this too. And again, this is something I'm I'm planning on putting into words. So we'll see how that goes. But you you have to think Aaron Sanchez's future in the majors is going to be as a reliever because and this is funny because I've I heard this argument for so long about Marcus Stroman, just like oh Stroman's future is gonna be as a reliever in MLB. Yeah, y'all picked the wrong one to make a reliever because it's clear Aaron Sanchez does not have the length to be a major league starter 
for much longer. And once the Blue Jays start getting those prospects ready, your Patrick Murphys, your Yancy Diaz's, your Jacob Waxbacks off the DL, Waxbacks will likely be that fifth starter if he comes back before Edwin Jackson or Ryan Barucki. So once those guys start filtering up towards the big leagues, if Aaron Sanchez is not traded, I would not be surprised if he is not moved into the bullpen to kind of recapture that summer of 2015 feel that he had. And it's the right move because you you can't keep letting him do this. You can't keep putting that kind of pressure on your bullpen where you know you need five plus innings out of them because Aaron Sanchez is not going to do his current job properly. So it's it's a situation that will probably develop because I mean Aaron's pretty much tanked his trade value. I would be really surprised if they got like a Julian Merriweather type for Aaron Sanchez, which we can talk about Merriweather in a sec because if we're talking about roles, Merriweather's name is starting to come up. But yeah, in the in the future, I don't think we're going to see Aaron Sanchez qualify for an ERA title anymore. And I've gone way too long on this. So um, we're going to move into the second half very shortly. But just a reminder, um, if you missed the NBA draft last night, um, a lot of trades. Raptors didn't do anything. They took a center from the University of Miami who didn't play last year because he was ineligible, which, okay. Anyway, if you missed out on it, check out Locked On NBA for all the info you need from that draft. Local experts are chiming in. Um, Jeremy Wu of SI.com has the player breakdowns, and Josh Lloyd of Locked On Fantasy. Basketball will tell you the fantasy relevance of everyone who's been drafted. So check that out on Locked On NBA. You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily Toronto Blue Jays podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So, yeah, the other main question is if you take Aaron Sanchez out of the rotation, I mean, Again, you can't do that right now, but who would come in because the Blue Jays don't have anyone. It's why they're using a bullpen day against the Red Sox. And, you know, there are a couple guys on the injured list who could potentially fill that gap a little bit. We talked about Jacob Wagspack. Um, Wagspack on the DL right now with the, uh, the forearm string. He pitched four innings um, in relief of Aaron Sanchez and was all right. Um, Gave up three hits, three runs. Struck out seven, though, which is impressive. So Wexpack's showing he may have the stuff to be like that short starter, but if he can give you five innings, I mean, that's what Clayton Richards doing for this team is trying to get five innings. So if Wexpack can do that, then, then that'll help the bullpen out a bit and the bullpen does still have some length even with um Thomas Pinone sent down and Elvis Luciano on the on the IL as well which he'll be there for a bit 
But when you have guys like Sam Gaviglio and Nick Kingham and even a Jordan Romano, who was a starter earlier this year, when you have guys like that, you you can kind of skate by with just getting five innings out of your starter. Blue Jays' problem is that has not been the reality lately. So that's what they need. If Jacob Wagsback can come back and fill that gap, I mean, that's a big plus. Just in general to know that that guy is going to be out there. And then we mentioned Julian Merriweather in the previous segment. Um, Julian Merriweather uh, made... Uh, he's actually going to make a rehab start on Monday. So it's his first game action since Tommy John surgery, which, um, you know, David Phelps is just coming back from. So it's a lengthy return from surgery. But Merriweather's hitting triple digits, which is really nice. The Blue Jays don't have MLB-ready arms, aside from Ken Giles, who can hit triple digits. And... The fact they've been working Merriweather back so slowly and just making sure that, you know, he's fully ready. Because, I mean, this this is a big move for the Blue Jays front office. I mean, Julian Merriweather equals Josh Donaldson, and people love Josh Donaldson. So Julian Merriweather has a lot to try and live up to as the sole player acquired for Josh Donaldson. But... Um, it's expected that after his rehab appearance, he's going to go to Buffalo and pitch there. And if he's able to, you know, again, show, show at that level, that, that kind of velocity and, and just, just offer something, anything that will, give the Blue Jays fans a little more faith that maybe that trade wasn't as one-sided as people thought. Or maybe, you know, there's there's a guy who could theoretically deliver five innings. Then, you know, again, that's going to be a plus in a season where we are looking for pluses, just any kind of plus to grab onto in in this season in the wilderness. So that's going to be a big outing for Julian Merriweather if he can get there and and show that he has control of everything if he can use that that great fastball of his that can touch triple digits and combine it you know, with his other pitches, which Merriweather is a four-pitch pitcher. He's got a slider. He's got a curveball. He's got a changeup. Slider's his best secondary pitch. So we've seen how effective that combo can be. So, yeah, that, that'll be the big thing to determine whether or not the Blue Jays can start making some moves with their starting rotation. I mean, if they're heck-bent on trading Marcus Stroman, then they're going to have to have someone can come in and actually deliver innings. Although we all know my thoughts on trading Marcus Stroman. So we won't rehash them now. Instead, we will bring this first episode of the doubleheader to a close. Um, I'm going to say this again a little later on, but just a reminder, if you're not following me on Twitter and you want to and 
you know, get involved in the podcast, do so at NeoAC18. That's NeoAC18. Um, follow the podcast at Locked On Jays on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Just make sure you're subscribed. And yeah, we will see you again later today. So for everyone here at the Locked On Podcast Network and everyone at jasonthecouch.com, uh, I'm AJ Andrews. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Well, the first of today's episodes. And y'all take care.